Hello, and welcome to episode three of Domino Universe. Hey everyone. I'm Curtis. I'm Jesse. And today we're going to be talking about an experiment that was done thousands of years ago that I redid and uh, about the implications of the time we live in where people think the earth is flat. Yeah, this uh, was a this was a really fun and great experiment that should have just been like a light and and interesting bit of science communication, and boy, it turned into something, didn't it? It was a bit of a can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so last summer in July, I measured the Earth with my bike and two sundials, and I proved that it's round in doing so. So for a little tiny, that's the five-second spiel. A mm-hmm. little bit more context for those of you listening that haven't seen the video. If you have, it's actually my most popular video, so I don't know if that means that it's the best, but it's one of my favorites. So if you want to check it out, uh, you can find it on my YouTube channel, Curtis Bowdy. You'll link in the description. But well, the shorter version uh, is I took a sundial to Regina, Saskatchewan, and I set it up, and I biked down the longest, straightest road in Canada, uh, 138 kilometers, and I set up another sundial in a small town. And since it was a long straight road, I could measure that distance using nothing but my bike. And since those sundials were very far away from one another, the curvature of the earth made it that the sun hit them and made different shadows on on the ground, different lengths of shadows. And by measuring the lengths of the two shadows, I could figure out the angle that those two sundials met up at in the center of the earth. And by doing some very simple trigonometry, I could figure out the size of the Earth. Um, so that's the, the like, you know, months of work compressed into an elevator pitch. That was a project that I did, and it's been a literal wild ride since then. <laughs> um, when I first came up with this idea, it was like, a, yeah, this will be a fun, just like Jesse just said, it'll be a fun like trigonometry experiment. This was done 2000 years ago. It's not controversy. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then I realized like, oh, I should talk a little bit about the flat earth stuff mm-hmm. going on because I understand how making videos and making things on social media works. And if I want to get it seen by people, if I want to get my science experiment seen by people, yeah. kind of got to jump a little bit on that bandwagon. Sure. Um, And I like kind of, in a way, kind of regret that, but in a way I don't, I don't know. I think that probably we wouldn't be sitting here talking about it if I hadn't done that. It's probably correct. Um, But we can talk about that maybe in a a little bit. Um, But yeah, that exploded. That was the first time I'd ever been, I think the first time I'd ever really been interviewed by like, you know, by national news people. I was like riding my bike down the highway and like cbc was calling me and interviewing me while i was riding my bike and you know like it was a weird experience for me it was the first time that i'd been thrown into anything like that and all of those stories quickly became like what's going on with the flat earth movement what's like what are you doing this this because of that um and a couple years ago i had never even heard of flat earth and jesse you were you you were Way ahead of the curve on oh ahead of the curve on that. Hey. <laughs> hey, I don't even mean that one. Well, I don't know how how ahead of it I I really was. Um, I've been sort of involved in an aspect of science communication for quite a long time. I, I professionally do uh, science communications more traditionally, but uh, even before that, I've been involved in the the addressing pseudoscience from a like a scientific skepticism perspective. 
So I've been aware of the old earth creationist movement, which is not a, a new thing, but in the early 2000s, sort of mid 2000s, uh, it became much more of a political topic because of school curriculums and, and uh, anti-evolution uh, sentiment and that kind of thing. And so when the flat earth thing was very first beginning, I could kind of see, I made a prediction that flat earth was the new young earth. Yeah, because um, people, the young Earth is people think that the Earth is a couple four thousand years old. It's between six thousand and ten thousand, right. depending on your interpretation of the Old Testament. But yeah, so, and, you know, on the on the order of a few thousand years old. And if you've been following along as to why the podcast is named Domino Universe, it's because it's thirteen thirteen million, sorry, thirteen point seven nine nine billion years old. Yeah, it's really, 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 really old. Really old universe. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. So, yeah, so I, there's not a whole lot uh, more to it than that. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of saw over the horizon, ha ha ha, that this uh, this Flat Earth movement had some legs. And yeah. uh, I think it, it still is dismissed by a lot of people as just yeah. being, oh, it's just it's just a few silly people who are probably not very serious and uh, it'll go away in no time. But there's some depth to it and there's some real genuine belief behind it that i think yeah. is is really difficult to comprehend if you're not aware of of that that uh aspect of human psychology the sort of the the um the odd beliefs you know yeah yeah i remember when you said when you explained this belief system and you know told me that it was going to be this next big thing i i had never even heard this was maybe two years ago maybe three years ago and i'd okay. never heard of it before yeah and i remember thinking this there's no way i mean we've spent the last several thousand years doing science experiments to figure out about our solar system and about mm -hmm. our universe and everything points to the earth being a sphere and it not being at the center of the solar system the sun's at the center and you know everything is a sphere that we look at pretty mm -hmm. much mm -hmm. and uh i was just like there's no way that this is ever going to catch on so i was really surprised that you were making that prediction and i've been kind of sad to see how how like how spot on you've been because when i started researching to make this video i saw a poll of over four thousand individuals from the united states uh and it depends on what age range you look at but it's somewhere around nine percent of people that answered on that huge poll on that huge survey that they weren't sure or they did believe about the shape of the earth like mm -hmm. they did believe it's flat or they weren't sure mm -hmm. Um, which is huge. Like mm -hmm. One in 10 is absolutely, it's wild. Yeah. Um, and I've had, and like, if I had any doubts about that survey being accurate, they've since then been blown away by the fact that I've had literally like, I want to say over 10,000. I mean, the, so the video I put out has 1.4 million views last I checked and over like 10 or 15,000 comments. And many of them, like thousands and thousands of them are from people that, seem to believe that the earth is flat mm -hmm. and i used to think that those were just trolls like yeah. at the start when i before i started researching it but i think that no like i mean i've had i've even had discussions with these people like in in, in person now and they they're into it it's it's a very real belief for these people yeah so jesse yes do you want to explain i mean i feel like maybe we've alienated some viewers <laughs> at this point listeners at this point what is the flat earth belief system? Again, this is not the science part of the podcast. Sure. 
but uh, I think it's important to talk about if we're going to be making a podcast about it. Yeah. Well, before I say anything about it, I'll say that it is deeper than anyone listening thinks, yeah. ourselves included. Um, there's more. There's more detail and more description of the flat Earth theory than than anyone gives the movement credit for. And I don't know all of the details of it. There are also there's not one flat Earth theory. So I'll I'll say that up front and say, like there are absolutely exceptions. Um, but the basic idea is that the Earth is a flat disc, so like round but uh, two dimensional. We live on the top of the disc. And around the edge is what we, so what we consider to be Antarctica, the us round earth believers think is the South Pole. That's not a single point. It's actually a whole spread out ice wall around the edge of the flat plate. Um, so this changes a lot about how the universe would have to work. First of all, gravity would, would be very different. So some versions of flat earth belief think that Yes, gravity is just different. It's not. It's not how we uh, how we uh, traditionally perceive it, and we're just being pulled down. You know, there is a a universal direction of down, and we're just being pulled towards uh, the the plate of the Earth. Uh, some versions of the belief think that gravity works more or less how we think it does, and the plate is constantly accelerating upwards, which we perceive as gravity. Um, it also means that the whole heliocentric uh, Earth orbiting around the Sun model would not be feasible. So a lot of flat Earth belief think that the sun and the moon are actually much smaller than you and I think they are, and much closer, and move around the top of the disk in a in a sort of odd way. Uh, some of them also think the sun works more like a spotlight, which can explain why sometimes we don't see the sun, because right. of course if it were shining in all directions, we'd be able to see it all the time. And there's also, going right alongside that, another theory, or one that maybe contradicts with some of them, that space is fake. Right. Well, that I so, think that's that's a common element to all of them mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, one of the big killer arguments to the flat earth uh, movement is or the flat earth theory is, well, we've got pictures of the earth taken from space and like NASA has gone to the mm -hmm. moon and we can see it. So there's really no explanation within the flat earth theory to to explain why those images from space or the the quote-unquote story we get from nasa are the way they are yeah. so that is is just labeled a conspiracy that stuff didn't happen we didn't go to the moon nasa is lying they're actually an organization that's tasked with protecting the ice wall and keeping the secret from the people of earth uh, so they're not a space organization they're they're like a paramilitary that's that's using disinformation yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's easy to get stuck in this place when we're talking about science and when we're doing a science communication podcast, sure. I feel like it's easy to get stuck in this place where we go into describing flaws in this argument and talk yeah. about, you know, why this theory doesn't line up with science and experiments, but I don't really want to go there. Sure. Um, because I feel like a, it can quickly derail it and there's more, more pressing things that I, I think we should talk about. Yep, I agree. And also, it's been done a, a lot. But yep. we'll leave, I want to leave a link in the description to somewhere. Um, I, there's a few videos that come to mind. Um, and there's a podcast that explains a bit about what it is that you listened to. You told me about a long time ago, years ago. Yep, yeah, definitely. There's an episode of a podcast called Enlightened that goes into a lot of detail. And uh, we can link that in the description. Yeah, and I'll link to a few videos, um, mine and other other channels that have talked about why we know that the earth is a sphere and why all science leads to that conclusion. 
what I do want to talk about is just like how this belief came to be and about how, like, what do we do about it? Mm. And about like, you know, the, the sort of philosophy and the sort of, I guess, discordance. I don't know if what the right word is. Mm. Um, Cause I feel like there's this huge gap right now in terms of where most people are. And I don't mean, I don't just mean flat earthers, mm-hmm. but the general public yeah. and knowledge of science and like actual science literacy. Yeah. Um, I think that it's easy to point and laugh at flat earthers. Sure. Because they, you know, they think the earth is flat and they don't understand the basic science things. But if you actually talk to most people, mm-hmm. if you interview people on the street and say like, what is a year? Yep. Most people won't be like, oh, it's the amount of time that it takes the earth to go around the sun. They, they you know they get that confused with what a day is and they like people don't understand the very basics right yeah yeah science knowledge i think knowledge in general but science knowledge specifically is way more fragile than those of us in the science communication world and probably anyone like a lot of people probably think that you know these things that everyone knows these science facts that are are kind of common knowledge that people a know them and b understand why they're true and those two things are often two completely different statements like to to know the phrase and to ostensibly believe the earth is round is a very different thing from being able to articulate why we know that how we know that what that means what implications that that has and that that understanding is is rarer than i think most of us realize absolutely I mean, at some point I want to get into this and maybe a later podcast, but sure. I used to hate science when I was in high school and grade school. You know, it was just like, a, and I think this is true for a lot of people. It just seemed like a big list of facts. Yeah. And I didn't understand that we had, there's a story as to how we came up with those facts, how we discovered those facts. And also there's a, like, there's beauty to it, right? Yeah. And I think that if you just see it as facts and don't see it as this greater picture and this greater story then none of it makes any real sense, right? Yeah. And so I came from this place where up until middle university, I had no idea how anything in the natural world worked mm. and, you know, or why we know the things we know. Mm. And so I feel like I come from this like kind of fortunate place where I can still remember being extremely ignorant about science. Mm-hmm. And I think most people in science don't have that. Like, like I guess it's a luxury. I don't know. Like when, what's your experience going back in science? You know, I, I don't really have a, a, a great story for how I became, how I sort of fell in love with science. Yeah. It was, I think it was, it was always kind of there in how I was raised. Um, I don't want to come across as sounding like, oh, I've always totally understood it. I, I kind of wish I did have more of a, a transition story. But, you know, from an early age, I, I really liked reading popular science books um, way younger than I, I was able to understand it. I read uh, Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time and a few books by Richard Feynman. And um, I think I was I was lucky to have access to those kinds of materials and that type of thing, as well as a few other, you know, when I was a little older, I read The Elegant Universe by Brian Greene and and all of these uh, these white male scientists who who have shaped my uh, my thinking on it. Um and they did a pretty good job of emphasizing that science is a it's a story it's connected every bit of science is connected to every other bit every bit of the world is connected to every other bit 
and and that deep connection is what I love about science and how we can we can see the connections between things and we have a really solid foundation and it's not just a set of facts and it's that the process and the the connections behind things um, I think had a really profound impact on me from a relatively young age yeah 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 I think that like I don't know you it's a it's a there's a philosophy to that right absolutely like, yeah and I think that that's to me like it was Carl Sagan for me that really like was the first time I'd ever heard of this sort of beauty in science, you know, this beauty in the natural world. And and I was like, wow, okay. Like maybe there's something valuable personally and like in quotation spiritually about, about this. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, and that's what really got me first interested in science. And it's, you don't need it. Jesse's like, Oh, I don't have a, and a, a becoming of age science story. That's, that's fine. I think, <laughs> sure. that's, I think that's typical though. That's my point. Like, right. I think that, I think that most people that are into science have kind of always been into science mm -hmm. and don't understand how the other half or the other majority live, mm -hmm. right? Um, because if you've always been curious about science, then you probably have a much better understanding than nearly every other human has, right? But like you say, the the downside of that is is it takes a lot of work to understand things from the from someone else's perspective from not having the that basis behind it you know two people can sort of perform science belief and repeat the same facts mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that they both have the same underpinnings of those sure. those beliefs it, it often is sort of performative and there's nothing wrong with that you know people have expertise in other areas and people are are really into literature and poetry and that's great and they uh they have the beliefs in science like the sun is at the center of the solar system and it, it i don't think that it's it's a tragedy that not everyone in the world has a very deep understanding sure. behind every single fact um but it's it's worth acknowledging that uh yeah that they don't and that's yeah that, yeah, can, I mean, that can lead to problems yeah i think that like at the core of everything like that's why both of you and i do what we do sure is to like help to bridge that yeah. i mean that's how i feel i don't know if i'm like speaking to you <laughs> yeah I this mean, is why you live jesse <laughs> well i i see it as like you know i make the comparison to literature and, and poetry and mm -hmm. music and that kind of thing and i think that science fills a, a similar thing a, mm -hmm. a similar hole uh for people um i i don't see science as just a list of facts i don't see it as just useful it is uh, but it's also a part of our culture and a, a deep part of our humanity. And it's beautiful. And yeah. I like sharing that in the same way that someone in a music appreciation program wants to share a love of music. For sure. Tying this back together with a few things and going back to Flat Earth and gravity specifically, one of the things that I think is problematic about the fact that I think at least most scientists or science communicators are coming from this place of expertise mm. and kind of maybe forgetting that most people are have less science literacy than they, they, than they know. Mm -hmm. um, if you Google something like gravity, you'll get like, like what is gravity? How does gravity work? Um, like at, at a Newtonian basic physics level, you'll get more, you get fewer results in Google search than if you search something like what is dark energy? And like, what is like this leading complicated field yeah. of science? Yeah. And I mean, and that makes some sort of intuitive sense that like, oh, it's the most exciting thing. And of course people are talking about it more. But I think that that's a, a major failing and because it is really hard if you missed it in school, like I did, it can be really hard to get the building blocks that you need to move forward yeah. and like understand something basics, some of the basics, like why do we know that, you know, a feather and a bowling ball will fall at the same rate in a vacuum? Yep. Because um, what you end up looking at is like these things that 
confuse scientists like yeah dark matter and dark energy are this sort of bizarre thing that we are still trying to figure out right yeah like you say it, it makes sense that those are attractive to people because everyone loves a mystery and and when there are competing theories we get to like gamble a little bit on well what do you think the answer is what do you think the answer is what are the different theories how wild does this get yeah so i get it i like yeah. that stuff too i like it too for sure um I'll never forget when I had, so I, I used to be a science teacher at a school um, and I had, and it was also like a tutor. It was kind of a, uh, it's a unique school, okay. <laughs> but I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions with, with students. Yeah. And one of the parents from one of those sessions, I remember she was like, okay, I know you're teaching evolution to my kid and I don't really believe in evolution. Mm. Um, so I'd rather you not do it. And in my head, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, listen, I'm going to, in my head, I was just like nodding along, but I'm going to teach the kid evolution. It's one of the core things in biology. Yeah. But what she did say is I, I, I was hoping you would teach him more like science facts and news and like new, new science things like dark energy and dark matter. And to me, it's like, man, if this kid doesn't understand evolution, the yep. core thing about biology. Yeah. What is even the point in trying to talk about something that is that scientists are currently confounded on? Yeah. And I think that like it's sexier. Yeah, sure. Dark energy is like, whoa, mysterious. But like if you skip the building blocks, yeah. you know, you're doomed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that that's how a lot of people see science. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, looking at the surface at the, the sort of the cutting edge stuff. It's like looking at the, the leaves of a tree without understanding that those leaves are connected to twigs, which are connected to branches, which are connected to a solid trunk and the root system. And like all of that is so important and you can't understand why the leaves stay up in the air unless yeah. you look deeper behind the surface. I don't know if that's a good metaphor at all. It is a good <laughs> that's metaphor. What came to mind. I feel like <laughs> there's just now this we're talking about structure. like the connectedness of all trees, man. And, and people are listening and probably be like, oh, yeah, they're from Canada. <laughs> you know, marijuana is legal there or cannabis is legal there. <laughs> Just for the record, it's like it's morning time and we're just drinking coffee if you can't see us right now. But uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, I do feel like that is that's a good metaphor. I think like it is, people do have a very surface look at it. And I don't mean to when I say that I'm not like tisk tisk people. You should be ashamed. Sure. I just I feel sad because I think that those people missed out. And I think we need to kind of think differently about how we approach these situations like flat earth for example when you i i have thought a, a bunch of times i don't know if i've ever told you this but we when we had that conversation that you said flat earth belief you thought was going to take off in the next few years and this was years ago i remember thinking well, recently i've been thinking like what if i had started approaching the flat earth community back then yeah in a different way than people have because what happened, if you go on YouTube, which is where a lot of this theory has been, has grown and has been like hotly debated, yeah. if debating is even the right word, I feel like it's just name calling. Sure. Um, but I think like if we had gone back and approached, gone back in time, if that's possible, it's not possible, but if we had uh, in this <laughs> fictional universe, and if we'd gone back and talked to flat earth believers compassionately, and if we tried to approach them in a very like person to person gain an understanding sort of way, I wonder what it would have looked like. Yeah. Um, 
Because if you go on YouTube and you look at videos by sci- by science, t- scientists or science believers, mm-hmm. it's always these people calling names at flat earthers. And that, like, there's no way you're going to get across to someone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, if I was like, hey, Jesse, I think you're stupid and your hair is, is uh, ugly <laughs> and I don't like your name. Well, I, I resemble those comments. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to, I don't know, you're going to stop listening to this yeah, podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's really hard. You know, something that, that really did surprise me about the Flat Earth movement, which I, I didn't realize early on, even though I, I made the comparison to the Young Earth creationism, um, I, I didn't realize how large the overlap was between fundamental religious belief and the flat earth community i sort of i saw it earlier on as more of a conspiratorial or a doubt of science overall similar to you know the anti-vaccine or um i don't know the idea that that science is is just a a scam or a fraud or we're all being lied to sort of that that uh grand conspiracy type of belief but i i didn't realize it is that but it is also hugely overlapped with not just religious belief, but a, a particular kind of, of sort of fundamentalism, um, which I think you you hit me to originally that, yeah. that there was this big overlap. And uh, yeah, there's there's a I, I believe that there's a cultural divide there that's behind a lot of yeah. uh, of science disbelief or science skepticism. For sure. Yeah, I feel like that's a whole episode all on its own. Oh, but, but you're yes. but you're absolutely right. Yeah. I remember when I was so. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. I don't want to open that whole no, 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 can no, no. of worms. We but can I, drop it. No, 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 no. I want to. I want to say a few things at least. Um, I remember when I was while I was biking, doing the project, a measuring the Earth. A bunch of articles came out. One was in like C. I think one was a CBC article, and this flat earther that same day did this whole video like a 20 minute or 30 minute video about like why the why my experiment is wrong even though i hadn't finished doing it and so on and um the thing that struck me wasn't his explanation and or anything the thing that struck me was all of the tags that he used in the video and the hashtags it was mm. like they were like god is like jesus christ religion and they're all religious tags yeah and to me that was like whoa okay like he didn't even mention God in his video and Mm -hmm. I didn't in in any of mine, Mm -hmm. but it like just went to the very core of it. It's like, Oh yeah, this is stemming from the, some bizarre interpretation of the Bible. I I think a lot of the connection is also what we were just talking about. The, the idea that science is just a list of facts, a lack of, of awareness or appreciation for the underpinning of what science really is as a philosophical process. Um, it, it sets up this dichotomy of like science is just a list of facts. It's just one view of the world equal to and separate from all of these others, you know, religion yeah. being a, a number of, you know, every different religion is, is sort of a different set of facts. And not that there isn't a depth of, of philosophy and, and sort of a history to where those ideas come from. But I think science is a fundamentally different kind of basis. And, and, and it's, it's, um, you know, all of those facts being connected together and provable by, by anyone who's capable of doing the experiments uh, kind of sets it apart. And without realizing that, you can see science as as simply an equal alternative to other belief systems. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming from an ideological background of a religion, maybe one where where you've been involved in, in an anti-evolution uh, uh, sentiment for a while, 
Um, you've seen science cast as, as the alternative or the enemy in some senses. Uh, you don't have an appreciation. Maybe there's an active resistance to appreciating where these science, quote unquote, facts come from. Um, and that makes it a lot easier to, you know, if you're going to say, oh, science was lying to us about evolution. It's easy to say, well, why do we, why do we trust this round earth thing? It's just a bunch of scientists talking. Yeah. And it's, it makes it much easier to just throw out the entire, the entire, uh, all of science together. You know, if you start doubting science in one area, you can throw out the whole thing really easily. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I totally see that. And addressing that as science communicators, I think, is extremely <laughs> yeah. difficult. Yeah, it is. Because where's your common ground? Where do you start? Like, you, you kind of need buy-in from the from the learner, the person you're we're communicating with, mm -hmm. uh, who who believes at least that we are we're coming from a position of good faith, yeah. uh, or that maybe it's worth looking into the basis for why are we saying these things that we're saying. Yeah, I think we play the short game too in that, right? Like, we think in terms of getting buy-in. With these communities, we often have none. Right. Right. We yeah. have to, like if you talk to someone in the flat Earth community, not only are they not going to, they're not going to believe the things you say. They, they and often they'll they'll think you're, maybe either maybe you're outright lying or maybe they think that you're, you've been fed lies, so mm. you're wrong. But either way, like not only do they not believe what you're saying, but they're also they feel antagonized and they feel attacked by your presence often. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um. I think it's important that we start to reframe that. And that's all like a long game, right? To like yeah. win, win back trust in the community um, for, for these communities is a, is a long, slow process mm -hmm. that we haven't even really started on. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Any suggestions for how <laughs> I have, to get there? I have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I have lots of thoughts. So a couple, maybe a month ago or a couple months ago, I spent two hours talking with uh, a flat earth the flat earth leader of the Vancouver community. I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, we only have a few more minutes, so maybe we'll talk about it more at some point, but, um, cause there's a lot to say. We talked for two hours and it was this really interesting and exhausting conversation. My goal going into it was not to like debate the shape of the world. Sure. And cause I mean, we're both, I feel like both not, neither of us are going to move on our opinions on that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Um, but, my goal was just to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm on this other side of opinion as you and I believe in science and I'm not a villain. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a real person. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not paid by the government. Mm -hmm. I'm just this guy. And I want to, like, have a positive interaction with you. And I think that we need to go way back to, like, making friends, you know, like sure. to that, that standpoint. Yep. Um, because otherwise we're not going to ever convince anyone and we're not going to do anything but further worsen the scenario. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think like, and it's, it's frustrating. Like that was a very difficult, frustrating conversation to have, right. When like, you know, you're sitting in this room talking with this guy for a, for a, it was for a student documentary. But meanwhile, like he's, uh, he's live streaming it to his YouTube channel and it's, you know, titled like, chatting with a globe cultist yeah right yeah and it's like he already comes from this place where he doesn't trust me and he thinks that i'm out to get him right and like that makes it extra hard right but that that's a hole that i think we've helped dig um, sure not intentionally yeah but 
Uh, if you look at like YouTube comments, like even on my video. Yes. Yep. You know, people are like, and I've been really trying to police the comments on, on that video. There's too many thousands of them for me to do a good job. Yep. But uh, yeah, people are like insulting the yep. intelligence of this community and that's not fair and it's not helpful. Yeah. And I think that we need to police one another in that. Yeah. Uh, and be as patient as possible with like approaching with compassion. Yeah. Um, but that's frustrating. You know, it's, it's, what did you say? It's not fair and it's not uh, productive. I think it's not accurate either. And I, I think yeah. that you would, you would agree with me that there are a lot of people who have beliefs that are very wrong from a, a scientific, scientific perspective, but are very intelligent people. Yeah. Um, in fact, it, I think it takes a certain amount of, I, I think it takes a, a great amount of intelligence to come up with a, a really complicated theory that counters the the, the scientific understanding of, of a, a round earth. For sure. I think you can say that about almost any conspiracy belief. Yeah. Um, conspiracy or anti-science belief, yeah. whatever, it, whatever it is, like, I think most of the time those people have put far more thought yes. into those topics than the average person has yeah then the average person has into and you know frankly it's like we were saying earlier it's true that most people's understanding of science is just what they heard in school they listen to what the scientists say and they go okay i guess that's what i believe yeah um i wouldn't fault them for doing that i think that's a reasonable approach for for many people but we should acknowledge that a lot of people who believe the quote-unquote correct or scientific uh set of facts are doing so because they they trust the authorities. Yeah. 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 I think. That... And and uh, so my point is not that that's a bad thing, um, but that it's it's not a sign of general stupidity or or a lack of of deep thought uh, that leads people to alternative anti scientific sure. worldviews. Uh, it's a small change in attitude, but it's a deep one that's really hard to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like another thing that's tricky about this group specifically is unlike a lot of um, denialist or conspiracy people, whatever, this the flat earth community is at least in principle pro scientific method in a way. Right. Yeah. Like they're trying to like, you know, trying to only believe and follow things that they can see and detect and know with their own eyes and their own hands. And I think that that is I mean. I think that they should be really proud and happy about that. Like that's, that's something that I think we should celebrate, mm -hmm. but I think we also have a long way to go before those experiments are, are valid. Like they all, they, they have flaws, right? Yeah. And those flaws can kind of propagate. I don't want to get, I know we're close to the end of our yeah. episode. I, boy, I have a lot to say about, uh, <laughs> about yeah. that. I think there's a, f sorry. If you were going to... No, I just very briefly, I would say you're right that there there are a lot of things that the Flat Earth community does that look very scientific on on the surface. And I think we could we could talk for 35 minutes about the difference between science and pseudoscience and where those look very similar, but where there is a very fundamental and very important disconnect between them. And I think that you would you would agree with that. Yeah. And, and I agree that uh, a lot of what they're doing has the appearance of, of science. Yeah. Um, there are some, there are some pretty fundamental pieces yeah. missing though. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I, so we're going to have to talk about this in another episode at some point. Totally. Uh, there's a lot to go into. I want to end on every episode. We're trying to push some other communicator. That's not some white guy uh, like Jesse and I, I think 
and maybe this is like still in our friend circle, so maybe it's not fair, but I think we should push Kat's Twitter channel. Oh, absolutely. So this woman Kat is in our Dungeons and Dragons group, which uh She Jesse's, plays a sorcerer. Yeah. Jesse's the DM. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm currently a really haggard old witch. Uh tech, like literally, literally a witch. <laughs> that's the char- that's the what I do is magical. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Kat is an astronomer and uh, in she, real life. In real life. Yeah. In real life. She's an astronomer and she's, if you want to learn more about space and uh, really the universe at large, she is so passionate and it's always wonderful to see what she's tweeting and to see like the, she does tons of interviews um, and it's really fun to, to listen to her talk. So check her out. We'll put a link in the description. As always, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, this is Domino Universe and we will catch you next time. See you later.